go here? Yesterday I did Gucci, so and today Fendi, so... It's hot. Good, Good morning, Charlie. Charlie. It's Nikki Jensen. And Brie Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the party. party. A weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture from two best friends mentally getting mcg'd up in 2000. Yeah. Hell yeah. So today we are talking about the 2000 action comedy Charlie's Angels starring Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu, directed by McG. The only version of Charlie's Angels that matters. The only one. Which, have you seen the original like 70s TV show? I can't say that I have, but I did find out a fun fact about it. You know how Farrah Fawcett is, um, we, all, we all think of her as one of the angels. You know she was only on that show for one season? Oh, was she like the Suzanne Summers Three's Company yes. kinda, of Charlie's Angels? Exactly like that. I like it. Did you watch the original series? Not at all. Like when I was a little kid, it was like the golden age of like Nick at Night and like TV Land. So I definitely watched a lot of like TNA, like 1970s, like comedy TV shows. Mm -hmm. Never saw Charlie's Angels. I mean, obviously I'm aware of who Vera Fawcett is and right in Charlie's Angels, but no, never seen it. Yeah, never, never seen it. Only 2000s Charlie's Angels and that's that. I feel like this movie raised me. Same. Like I, I feel like as a kid, I wore this movie out and then when the pandemic hit, I feel like a lot of people like broadened their horizons into like film or they got cultured in some way. But what I did was I watched a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race and yeah. I watched Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, like on loop. Back to back. Yeah. Well, I would say like Charlie's Angels, at least the 2000s version is very camp. Oh my God. Like it is so over the top. And the colors and just, like, everything about it. It's my favorite. Like, I know people, like, it's like a running joke that people talk about McG in, like, not, like, a positive light. Why? Well, just he's a little. His directing style, like, his filmmaking style is a little over the top. Oh. And, like, I totally get it. I did not like Terminator Salvation. I did not like This Means War. Probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Whoa. Um, but I love McG's directing style. I agree. And didn't he um hold on a second. He directed All Star, like yes, that music video. He did. I I saw that. I'm like, what has he done? And that stuck out to me. Um This also was his directorial debut, which mm -hmm. is really wild to me because apparently for like usually when directors debut, they don't have like, this movie was a hit, right? And mm -hmm. it did really well at the box office. And he was, like, at least at the time, his debut was, like, the biggest one they had seen, which is crazy. Well, I also think, like, music video to film director, it's, like, so hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Like, either you get, like, the mystery men director who, like, you get someone that, like, doesn't, it doesn't translate from music videos or commercials to the big screen, or you get like a Sofia Coppola 
not that McGee is any way, shape, or form like Sofia Coppola. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't, not. Don't get it but, twisted. But you you get that. Or you get like Spike Jones. Or McGee. Or McGee. Yeah, I think it takes a certain level of creativity. He has like a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it. I like his style. I think like right out the gate, make like this being his directorial debut, he definitely has like he infused so much energy and like fun into this mm-hmm. that really is it's memorable you know and then he got a blank check to do whatever he wanted who cares what he did with that he created charlie's angels and charlie's angels full throttle yes wasn't it um drew barrymore too that she chose him right didn't mm-hmm. she get to i mean she was kind of involved in this which i didn't realize yeah, like flower films yeah that's so cool her and jimmy fallon's wife <laughs> Oh. Flower films. Yeah. Which, I, that's what I associate with this movie, too. Like, this movie is very McG'd up, as they say a lot, getting G'd up in the bonus features. I love that. Those bonus features are so fun. Like, seeing them training. So good. The wire foo. Yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, it is very much a Drew Barrymore, like, stamped film. Yeah, you can tell there's there's some touches. I know that like a lot of people go on feminist rants about this film. And I don't know, really through the male gaze, I guess. So when I looked it up, like there was like a lot of complaints, which I kind of get. But I just I feel like not to go on a feminist rant at the top, but I'm very confused. At the top. I'm very confused by feminism these days (laughs) because it's like or at the time, like I feel like a lot of people or a lot of women were embracing their sexuality which I feel like was probably a good thing, but uh, some things were still male gazy, but they still kind of are today. Not, I don't think a lot has really changed. I don't know if we really made a lot of progress because I feel like a lot of, you know, I feel like women are still not in this space to actually be like to own their sexuality and it be positive, really. Like, I feel like we all still have a lot of judgment just overall. Yeah, I think it's very complicated now. But even in 2000, like that's definitely the era of, I forget what wave of feminism, but it's in this point in time where like I've read and like watched a lot of videos about how we as a society were like, we are past like inequality, like we're equal now. And that's where you get a lot of like feminism doesn't exist. Mm. You know, like that's kind of the space we're in. Um, and like now we're kind of getting out of that. Now we're like reverting back to like Taylor Swift, like 2009, where everyone's like, I'm not a feminist. Yeah. Because it kind of has weird connotations again. Meanings, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but I guess my point is, I think I understand the school of feminism. That's like, if you do anything sexual or towards the male gaze, it's just problematic, pretty much. Yeah. But you know what? What? <laughs> Not everything has to be like a statement. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, this movie is not like at the time, I think because it's like three female leads mm-hmm. who are making so much money leading this franchise 
you know, kicking ass, like all that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get why it would be put on them to like be the poster children for feminism yeah. at the time or just like a statement because this movie was really successful. Right. But Charlie's Angels inherently is so male gazy, mm-hmm. like the 70s TV show from my understanding. So I do think it is fun that Drew Barrymore and McGee and everyone involved, they're playing with that idea mm-hmm. and making it modern. This is like people dressing up. I also feel like a lot of things are tongue in cheek, like when mm-hmm. they're doing it, like they know mm-hmm. that it's a little over the top, like a little hypersexual, but it, it honestly could be a lot worse. They're leaning into it. Like yeah. When Drew Barrymore, when they're at the racetrack, one of my favorite scenes is when she's trying to seduce the driver and she just leans over and like licks the <laughs> steering wheel yeah. because it is so over the top. Yeah. It is so much so. It's like you can't change that Charlie's Angels is like in that brand of 70s, you know, it's like, I think they actually do call it like TNA. Where it's like, like Three's Company or whatever. It's like these hot blondes and like Farrah Fawcett. And I don't know. It's, I think Charlie's Angels 2000 is forward thinking in a lot of ways because it's something that we're even today trying to play with. Yeah. Like playing with giving a nod to something from the past that was very kind of misogynistic or like super male gazy. Right. And it's, it is like hypersexual. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's in like females like to play dress up. Like we get like people get to have John Wick. Right. Or James Bond. We can have Cameron Diaz <laughs> and Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu. I'll take it. I'll take it too. Sorry for that whole no, like no. rant. I'm just it's trying okay. to get my thoughts together. I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just feel like. This movie, I, I feel like it's good. I don't know. It's like, it can be problematic at times, but it could, you know, the 2000s were a totally different time. I don't know. I don't think it's problematic. I stand by it. I think this movie's <laughs> a fun romp and it's not meant to be taken seriously. Yes. We need to, as females, have our fun junk food guilty pleasures. Yes. Just as much as anyone else. This is our fantasy. It is a fantasy in a way because you have it all in this film. Like... <laughs> And they don't end up with men. No, they don't. I mean, except Charlie, their daddy, Charlie, (laughs) (laughs) their sugar daddy, Charlie. Which I think it's really cool that they had the original Charlie. John Forsyth. The voice of Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. And we never really see him, though, which is fun. in the ending, the back. Oh, yeah. We see the back of Charlie. Which is totally not John Forsyth. He would have been way too old. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I did some research and like he died in 2010 at 92. He was born in 1918. Mm. So that, yeah, that's definitely not him. 1918. He was born. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, even by 2000 standard, that young man (laughs) is not him. But, but yeah, so I was obsessed with this movie as a kid and even now. Same. Yeah. Like, what is your relationship with this film? I saw this movie. I can't. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not, but I definitely saw it. And I just remember being obsessed with this idea of like three girls kicking butt and also independent women. Oh, my God. Yes. Like that being like the core theme song. 
basically. Like, I feel like that just shaped me as a person, you know? Question. <laughs> Question. <laughs> that whole music video, too. Like, so good. I miss when movies had, like, a, a theme song to it, you know? And mm-hmm. the music video is, like, part of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, bring oh. that back. The independent women music video. Have you seen, like, the meme going around of, like, the VR sets for, like, Apple? Yeah, And they have, like, the window. They are actually doing that with Charlie's Angels... Like Destiny's Child, That's what they had. yeah, ahead of their time, right? We gotta make that meme, Brie. <laughs> we should. But no, okay. Am I crazy for thinking that independent women in the year like two thousand, two thousand one? Every time I turned on the TV, that music video was on. No, I feel like it was everywhere. I don't know if it fully went away. Like that sounds a bop. Yeah, I think we can all agree. It's. I it's love. An, it's like an anthem. I love the references to the characters, too, or, like, to the actresses. Oh, like, in the beginning, when she's like, Lucy Lou, my girl Drew, Cameron D, and Destiny. Yeah, I like that. It would have, you know what would have been really cool? If what? Destiny's Child made an appearance in the movie, like, they teamed up or something. I don't know. Or maybe for the oh sequel. God. How cool would that be? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. Am I remembering this correctly? That... In Full Throttle, like, the song of that movie was, like, a Pink song. And Pink is in the motocross scene. Okay, I am correct. She is in the, like, the the motocross scene. And she has a song on the soundtrack called Feel Good Time featuring William Orbit. Huh. But we're not talking about Full we're, Throttle. No. No, we, we are going to. We, we decided, <laughs> we were like, wait, we need to talk about Charlie's Angels before we talk about Full Throttle. But we will. We totally will, because it does turn 20 this year, Full Throttle. Yes. It was also a movie that, like, I was way too young to, like, want to see as badly as I did. But I begged people that I wanted to see that movie, like, opening day so bad. Yeah. Is Full Throttle your favorite or the original you think is better? The original's better, but hot take, I like Bernie Mac as Bosley better. He's really cool as Bosley. Yeah, you know, as much as I like Bill Murray, I feel like he's, he doesn't really do much in this film. Like, he's there. But his personality, I don't know, maybe it's because, like, I'm also, from behind the scenes, he just seems so annoyed to be there. Speaking of a feel-good time, you know who did not have a feel-good time making this movie? Bill Murray. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell. He's just, like, the worst. But on the special features, he was, like... You know, this movie is, like, just girls having fun. And he was like, yeah, the Cindy Lauper. That Cindy Lauper thing. I get yeah. it. Like, he was, like, really... He's not doing himself any favors in that. You can totally tell, though, from the special features how everyone... You know, like, I know that the angels, you know, Cameron, Lucy Liu, and, like, Drew Barrymore, they all got along so well filming. Yes. And they all seem to really vibe with McG and his enthusiasm. And so, like, you hear all these people talk and, like, how tight-knit and how much fun they had. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to Bill Murray. And it's, like, clearly he, like, hates them all and hates that they're all having fun. Yeah. It's wild. It is. Maybe it's because he can't have fun. Maybe he's, like, um, who was it that was, like, I wanted to do? Was it um, 
Sam Rockwell, who was like, yes. I wanted to learn those moves. <laughs> Maybe he's just jealous that he's not doing wire foo. I don't Maybe. know. I would be. I'm still jealous. I'm jealous. Um, but yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much I want to talk about. I know. There's so much because- to talk about. Oh, my God. Uh, can we let's start from the top then. Okay. One of the best opening scenes in a movie ever. Yes. We have it all. We have a weird looking dude with a bomb. Mm-hmm. We have an airplane. We have LL Cool J <laughs> in a dashiki in African garb. Yes. What more can you want? That's the trifecta, right? Mm-hmm. And then turns out the reveal is LL Cool J isn't LL Cool J when he takes off his head, like his like mask. That's what that is, is it so called? Wild, I, you know. I feel like between this movie and Master of Disguise, like yes, as a kid, this had me believing that people like could just easily transform into other people. Like you could just put on a mask, and it just—I don't know—you become another person. There's always that like Bill Nye prosthetics yeah there's like or prosthetics. Ben Nye is not Bill real? Nye no it's Ben Nye <laughs> Bill Nye I'm like maybe science is involved he probably is measuring I don't know facial structures I don't know just picture Bill Nye just uh in the makeup department and everyone's like Bill <gasps> Bill Bill as he's putting like spirit gum on someone's face yeah that's how I picture it for sure but yes I mean, I, I feel like in my mind, like that's what spy, that's part of what it is to be a spy. You have to fully transform. There's nothing in between. It's really, it's a wild thought. Well, like true. And like even on a smaller scale, like 2000, especially this movie comes out, but also Big Mama's House. Yeah. Also prosthetics. There's a lot of prosthetics, like gender swapping, like a lot of things just, I don't know. But this one still, I think, is is GOAT because LL Cool J transforms into Drew Barrymore. It really takes you by surprise. That's for sure. And so they like cut like LL Cool J slash Drew Barrymore tackles the guy with the bomb out of the plane. Yep. And Drew Barrymore falls into a boat mm-hmm. where there's Cameron Diaz. As Natalie, looking the most 2000s with her tinted sunglasses. I love those sunglasses. I want them so bad. But also the hottest. Is this the hottest Cameron Diaz has ever looked? I think yes. This is like peak Diaz. Yeah, and she's she just seems like so electric in this movie. You know, like her enthusiasm. I think she brings that to a lot of her characters, but I feel like it really... Like, she can let loose, maybe, in this film. Maybe because of Mick G. Just be like, yeah, keep going. That's the best scene. Like, just go for it. This really does, like, yeah, can we talk about Cameron? Or, yeah, can we talk about Cameron Diaz for a second? Of course. I think, you know, she started out as a model and then the mask. Right. And, you know, she did There's Something About Mary, you know, and then Charlie's Angels. I mean, she's having, like, a moment in the 90s, 2000s, that doesn't really stop until she retires or until she's Miss Hannigan in that remake of Annie. I feel like that's when things oh, gotta... Yeah. But even in my best friend's wedding, there's like elements of her and all these that like whenever she's on screen, you can't help but like divert all your attention to her. 
mm-hmm. and just being like in awe of like her personality and her presence. We're all Luke Wilson. We're like, isn't she the best up there dancing? <laughs> oh, the robot. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my God. We are all Luke Wilson. But especially in this film, I think it takes everything from like the innocence of her and my best friend's wedding to like this certain like sexiness in the mask mixed with like the comedy and there's something about Mary like everything is just mm-hmm. like her as Natalie Cook in this movie is just chef's kiss it's like perfect I agree I love that scene where she's like dancing around in Spider-Man underwear seminal not to be gross because she's talking about putting things in her slot yeah not that part that part can go but no I love that part <laughs> iconic I, I disagree, Brie. I think she does. Well, it's funny because I think the joke is she doesn't realize what she's saying. Uh-huh. She's just like being, you're right, like this innocence of being like, she's talking about the male. Like, come on, guys. But, you know, of course they have to get innuendos in there because that's, that's but, the joke. Yeah. But. And also it's like the seven. Like, we yeah, talked about We get this. it. We get it what they're doing. They're self-aware. Yeah. But, oh my God, Cameron Diaz dancing around in the Spider-Man underwear, that's how I thought being an adult was going to be. <laughs> I still think that. Yeah. One day. So you're saying you don't dance around like that in your room? You're not waking I'm, up? Like, li- what, what was she listening to in the morning? Or is it just music playing in her head? Like, it's she woke up in, like, the best mood. Like, oh, yeah. I wish I could wake up like that. I've woken up like that. It's just few and far between. Yeah. I think we're at, we were just talking about this before because like I busted out all my DVDs and I was like, does this show that like I'm a young millennial or something? Like, am I blowing my cover that I'm a little older? And I feel like we missed the boat on fun times. Yeah. Because yes, this movie came out when we were like five, six. So like we had these aspirations to be dancing around in our Spider-Man underwear, Mm -hmm. but somewhere trickled down in our like, informative years lana del rey and like sad tumblr girl (laughs) culture came into the picture yeah it ruined it because that you know tumblr was not a fun time that was a depressing that was a dark time and it it hit us at in high school when we we were like the dark like most depressed sad girl awkward face just like you want to be emo like and then marina and the diamonds with uh electra heart really just yeah (sighs) <sighs> the nail in the coffin i guess i, I feel like that i feel like we need there's to no be- coming back <laughs> no there is no i feel like brie i feel like we've been sad girls for too long way too long i don't even feel like lana del rey wants that for us now she doesn't have you seen her lately she's Mm-mm. glowing i mean she does still do some sad music but she seems happy about it so she does she's also in her self-aware era like have yeah. you listened to a and w and also that song slaps but there's also that breakdown. Yes. In the middle of the song. She's self-aware. She's in her Charlie's Angels 2000 era. And I think we should, too. We should all be. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the time. Get some Spider-Man underwear. Dance around. Answer the door in your underwear to the mailman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Oh, but so Go full throttle. Full <laughs> throttle. Also, that's like triggering. What? Full throttle. Oh, no. Yeah. You mean that accident yeah, we were in where Bri- the guy went full throttle? Oh, yeah. Bree and I got into a car accident a couple years ago and we were like hit from behind at a stoplight. And the boy that was driving the car looked at the cop and goes, 
Yeah, I went full throttle. Big Charlie's Angels fan, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think that's what he really meant. <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I just watched Charlie's Angels last night. And I was very inspired. <laughs> I was inspired. I couldn't help it. Uh, I'm in my era. <laughs> oh, but no. Okay, the first 30 minutes of this movie. Just so good. It just like sets everything up. I agree. I also think it's funny that Tom Green is in this movie. It's Chad. Yes. I totally, like, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> and uh, Just about Tom Green? <laughs> yeah, about Tom Green, about Chad. Like, he just, play, like, he seems like a, like, Tom Green's such an interesting person to me. Or, like, his the characters he plays all seem kind of the same. And he has a really, like, he has, like, a his own brand of humor, I guess. And it's kind of odd, but he somehow works. And then I didn't know this, but Drew Barrymore met him on set and then they got married. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get Tom Green. I don't know why. Like, okay, I'm not like a fan of his stuff mm-hmm. from back in the day. And I don't really like Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah. Um, But I love the Chad. I think that's what it is. I'm like with <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Chad. I love the Chad. You're like the Chad was great. The Chad was great. It's like... I think it's so funny, though, at the top when she's like, maybe it was the chat. Like, he's like, was it something I did, basically? And it's the chat. And he's like, no. And he, like, jumps. He, like, just jumps into the water. He's like, so good. I don't know. He's hilarious. Have you seen um, Drew Barrymore's talk show, her reuniting with Tom Green? No. It's my favorite, uh, just seeing them reunite. Oh, that's so cool. How long were they even together? Like, a year, a year? or less? Yeah. I mean, Drew Barrymore in the 2000s. So she marries Tom Green. She dates Justin Long and Fab. Oh. From The Strokes. Wow. Just like really right up my really niche alley. <laughs> you go, girl. No. Drew Barrymore. We have to do an episode someday on her just in general. Yeah. She fascinates me because like I didn't realize... The whole flower films of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know she was behind flower films. Oh, really? Mm-mm. That was like a recent discovery. Hmm. It makes so much sense, though. Yeah. Which it kind of starts with it never been kissed. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny to think, like, right around this era of Drew Barrymore, we were like, yeah, she's made a comeback. This is the Drew Barrymore renaissance. But it's funny because now... She's in a whole different phase in her career, and we're all like, this is the Drew Renaissance. I know. So I think you can have multiple Renaissance senses. Yeah. yeah. Like, I always love someone that can reinvent themselves and same. She's always seems to me as a person that's trying to, like, just be her authentic self. Yeah. I think we can appreciate that about her for sure. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, then we're introduced right at the top to the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're introduced first to Natalie Cook, played by Cameron Diaz. Yes. Who is on Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> brace face, driving all crazy. She's kind of giving like maybe goody two shoes vibes a little to A me. little bit. She With the headset, she is definitely giving um, the girl in Finding Nemo. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the one with like the list? Yes. Yeah. But also hot because she's Cameron Diaz. True. 
And then Dylan Sanders, played by Drew Barrymore, who's like the rocker, kind of a troublemaker. Yeah. Like the rebel of the group, like the rock and roll. I mean, Lucy Liu, this one kind of gets me. She's she's equestrian, I mm-hmm. guess, which is cool. And an astronaut. <laughs> she's Barbie. <laughs> she is Barbie. Yeah. Lucy Liu is Barbie. Oh, man. Lucy Liu is Barbie. That would be really cool, actually. She is my Barbie. Yeah. I... I don't know. I mean, I know, I think this movie, because, like, I was way too young to, like, be watching Allie McBeal. Like, mm. that's, like, it was, like, a mom show yeah. back in the day. Or, like, you know what I mean? I was, like, this is over my head. Yeah. Now I want to revisit it because it sounds like it's dope. And about 20, like, seven-year-olds, which I'm, like, wow, she has a dancing baby. I want to see this dancing baby, right? It's all in her mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, what? Like, dancing baby to hooked on a feeling? Yeah, and Lucy Liu is in this. I gotta see this. But at the time, I did not. So this was my intro to Lucy Liu. I think mine too. Yeah. Yeah, because we were too young to really, I think, be... Like, I think I knew of her. This movie is like... Like, we were talking about, like, dress up. Yeah. This is like Barbie. And I feel like Lucy Liu's character gets to, like be the most barbie because she has like ten thousand careers she does but i love her outfits too like ooh, the leather when she's like the teacher yes it's like giving dominatrix it's kind of scary it's really cool though like i love it something about a leather all leather outfit this movie i wrote a note to myself like a psychotic note in my phone (laughs) that said i need to buy leather pants full stop You don't have leather pants? I don't. I'm surprised. Do you have leather pants? No. I think I almost bought leather pants once, and then I thought, this might be a mistake. Because I think they're really hot. Like, the... I feel like the aesthetic of it is really cool, but then when you put them on and you try to move, it's very restrictive. They'd have to be a very specific... I don't know. Are you worried that you'll go like full Ross from Friends? Yes, I'm worried I won't be able to take them off and then I'll have to get the baby powder. <laughs> I'll be stuck in my pants. <laughs> I love that though. Who doesn't want to like live their coyote ugly fantasies or Charlie's Angels fantasy and then turn full Ross? True. I do have like a jumpsuit fantasy. Like kind of like in, um, well, like the scene you know where they're like at the racetrack like drew barrymore's outfit where it's got like the zipper and it's like i think that's leather too right Mm -hmm. i feel like in the 2000s there was like a leather revival for short like the late 90s early 2000s yeah all leather all day the top leather pants leather shoes leather (laughs) yeah head to toe yes i love that scene like fashion wise too well, for when Drew Barrymore licks the car. Mm-hmm. Love that. But they're all dressed like evil Knievel style jumpsuits almost. Yes. But I just love the play on the motifs because it is very like throwback to the 70s of it all. But of course, it's still modern because there's like flared. Yeah. I love the flare. Yeah. The flare bottoms. Yeah. Also, did you notice there were so many, like, 70s references? Yes. Especially with the soundtrack. Yes. Ah, oh, It yes. was, like, references to angels. Yes. All the references, like, every angel song that could they could find, they put on this soundtrack. They played that one Aerosmith song at least two times. Yeah. Um, 
whoever was this, like the supervisor, music supervisor was like, oh, we don't have anything. I'll play Angel Eyes. Just play it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's references to angels, but also 70s music. I noticed that too. There's like, I think there's like a Marvin Gaye song. There's, what else is there? Um, you make me feel like dancing. Oh, yeah. You make me feel like dancing. And then there's Brandy. You're a fine girl. Yeah. Which I wonder if that's why that song has stuck with me for so long. I'm like, is it because I was exposed to it and when I watched Charlie's Angels and it just stuck with me? Maybe. I mean, because I know Angel of the Morning or in the morning, that oh, song. Yeah, the mor- yeah. Maybe because I am also in love with the chat. <laughs> But I'm every time I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, the Chad song. He's singing to you as you're waking up. You just hear his voice. He's like, hey, Muffin. Or what does he say to her? Uh, starfish. Hey, Starfish. Oh, my God. I love Tom. <laughs> you're like in love with him. I'm in love with Tom Green. And Oh, no. Okay. We're all over the place. But this plot, it has no plot. It, yeah. The plot's not really that important. No. It, it's more. Okay. Like, they, it's mostly about the action. And there is an objective, and they get to it, but that's not where we spend, like, most of the time is just the girls having fun. Yes. There's a few side stories of, like, love stories going on, you know, here and there, just, which are fun. And we are going to talk about them. Yeah, for sure. We're not going to focus on the plot. Let's just hit the scenes and the peeps that we want to talk about. Yeah. This is our show. This is our show. But first, can I give the plot? Yeah. <laughs> first. Yeah, so you know the plot, but just know that we're going to fangirl about this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's on that. So three women detectives with a mysterious boss retrieve stolen voice ID software using martial arts, tech skills, and sex appeal. That's what Letterboxd said. Yeah, because I don't trust Google plot. No, anymore. don't trust Google to describe the plots of a of a movie. It's going to get it way wrong. But yeah, for sure. And OK, you know the drill. We we have the 70s TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 70s of it all. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and we have the two Drew Barrymore films. Mm-hmm. There's a 2011 TV show. In the 2019 film starring Kristen Stewart, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. We know the drill. Charlie Townsend gives them a mission via speaker. They say, okay, Charlie. And then they fulfill the mission. Yeah. I love to, like, just the 70s references, like you were saying. Like, in, well, the fact that the intercom looks, like, literally from the 70s. Like, the... The decor of some of, like, the rooms or, like, that one house that's, like, the Charlie's house. Yeah. I don't know. I just think um, they were smart with their nods. Sure. Even the way, like, Bill Murray dresses. Yeah. It's very 70s. Or, like, the transitions, too, where they split the screen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. This is sequential. So maybe not the plot, but this is sequential. The montage scene when we're introduced to the girls mm-hmm. is so like the TV show in 70s and they're like jumping in the air and it's like split. One of my favorite scenes is the scene where they just jump into the air. Yes. And then their bodies become outlines and there's flames behind them and then it kind of flips around and then it becomes the Charlie's Angels logo. <laughs> That's fire. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. I also love in that montage scene 
they they do reference like the jail scene from the original Charlie's Angels, mm. but there's also like the f- just seeing Cameron Diaz dressed like Harry Potter. Yes, cracks me the fuck up. That okay, yeah. I was like, wait, is this a reference to Harry Potter? Because she's at the like stealing the book, and she is Harry Potter. She literally is, right? I was like, I had to do a double take because I never noticed that before. Which this is like, I was doing research on the year two thousand, and Sorcerer's Stone came out in two thousand one, but this was like peak book mania of Harry Potter with the anticipation for the film. Yeah. So it was it was so much in the zeitgeist already. It's very it's very similar in that scene though. If you did this side by side, I bet it's like literally the same. So they just you know they probably borrowed. They probably got the idea. <laughs> they saw Charlie's Angels. They're like, wait, was it Chris Columbus was Chris like Columbus. had that so Raven's style vision? He was just like like filming in England, and he was like, "Pip pip cheerio, guys! I got a scene." Yeah. <laughs> um. What else? Speaking of the most 2000 thing, so Cameron Diaz is dancing in her underwear. That's how we're introduced to her. Dylan's with Chad, the mm-hmm. Chad. Alex, Lucy Liu's character, is on a film set with Joey from Friends. Yes. Matt LeBlanc. He's literally Joey in this film, too. He's like an actor. He's getting like probably working on a B movie. Oh, my God. Rehearsing to death. Like, it's so funny. Oh my god, it was so, like, I was listening to a podcast about Charlie's Angels recently, and for one, they didn't like the film. I, I got 30 minutes in, and they were like, yeah, we don't like this film. It's so bad. What? And then <laughs> they started, they got into this scene, and they called Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc, and I turned it right off. Dang, <laughs> I was like, I can't. That's harsh. I love Matt LeBlanc. He's so charming and cute, and I don't know. But in this movie, is it weird that, like, I think because... Joey is such a lovable character. There's something in this movie that gives me sinister energy. You know how like they yeah. in certain movies where they flip things on you. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've watched Tomb Raider recently. Yeah, I just or like the whole idea of double agents. He gives me the vibe that he could be someone undercover. Oh, you know what I'm saying? But maybe he's just acting. I, I, I guess he's a sincere guy. But like in my mind, when I watch this again, I'm like, is he on the other team? But it ends up being that other guy. But, yeah, but. But he, I think, me, he just gives fuckboy energy. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I'm like. I, I think because he's also, like, disappointed when he finds out she's not a bikini waxer. Yeah, I know. That was kind of funny. It was. <laughs> he's like, oh, man. <laughs> that was hot. Yeah. I don't think she ever tells him about her secret no. identity either. I love how he doesn't really question the whole Charlie thing, though. Mm-hmm. He kind of is like, okay, whatever. Like, he does a little, but he doesn't, like, really press He's like, okay, go do your thing. He's totally like whatever the girlfriend role in like a male action film would be. Yeah. He's just like there to support, there to be like, should I be worried? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm just here to look good. (laughs) Whatever you say, Alex. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. But she literally and figuratively has the whip. So, so that's on that. But yeah, their assignment is to find and protect Eric Knox. Yes. Who starts off as like Mr. 2000 tech bro. Mr. New Balance, as I referred to him. Mr. New Balance. I found you, Mr. New Balance. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this was my introduction to Sam Rockwell. Same. Yeah, because he had done things before this and he's done things since. 
Oh, he's done things since. <laughs> did this put him on the map? No, I'm just kidding. Did it? I don't know. In my mind, it did, but. In my, okay. Ever since I saw Sam Rockwell in this movie, like my introduction to Sam Rockwell, the moment where it's the reveal, spoiler alert, that he's the villain. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that scene? Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Of the reveal, because like Dylan and Eric Knox have kind of this flirtationship throughout and he invites her back to his place mm-hmm. and they're kind of he's still playing along with this like bumbling mr new balance energy yeah he's like oh i'm so dumb and smart at the same time i'm such a nerd i don't know how to talk to ladies um and then all of a sudden he just like takes out the gun and like shoots the window and drew barrymore like falls out of the window yeah and the moment he turns into the villain that's the moment I knew I was going to, like, love Sam Rothwell for the rest of my life. I really love that scene, too, like, where he, they have him, like, lighting up the cigar, and he's got, like, those, like, they're kind of, I don't know if they're purple or red, mm-hmm. whatever, those shades he's wearing. And then there's that, like, music playing in the background. It's like, do da 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 It's just, like, it sets this tone, and he kind of does this, like, spin. It does feel kind of like a music video, but it, like, gives him this power. You kind of love to hate him, I guess, as the yes. villain, because he's he plays it so well. Oh, you can my tell he's God. having fun. So much fun. Also, Tom Hiddleston, who this is my favorite white boy who can dance. <laughs> Wait, Tom Hiddleston can dance? I remember a few like back in like 2014, everyone was like very into Tom Hiddleston until Taylor Swift ruined him. Oh yeah, and um, or he ruined himself. I don't know. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can't go back from wearing a tank top that says I love TS. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but everyone was like, oh, my God, he can dance. He's so hot because he was, like, on TV shows and, like, Graham Norton or whatever, like, doing the, the Sam Rockwell dance. Oh. But to me, like, Sam Rockwell is the only one who can do the Sam Rockwell dance. Yeah. Just so hot. I'd love... Sam Rockwell's my favorite actor anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Moon. I love Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I love, I don't know, everything he's in. Even as George W. and Vice. I love Sam Rockwell. That is so wild. I didn't realize, like, that was him. I haven't seen Vice. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. No No comment. <laughs> I mean... This is a podcast where I share opinions. Uh, Vice is all right. I enjoyed it, it at the time. Right. Yeah. Adam McKay is so hit or miss for me. So, mm, But I love Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Every performance, he just gives 110%. So hot. I love that man. I love Luke Wilson. <laughs> I'm realizing, like, the more movies I see, I'm like, wait, he's really underappreciated. I think he's better than Owen Wilson. He's like the ultimate 2000s boyfriend, like the best boyfriend ever. Yeah, but I feel like I haven't seen him in a lot of things since the 2000s. And I wonder mm-hmm. why, like whatever happened to him. Is he still out there acting? Like, why wasn't he bigger? Why was Owen Wilson such a hit? Is it the blonde hair? Is it the bangs? The nose. Is it the, yeah, the funky broken nose? Wow. But Luke Wilson has a nose too. I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm very attracted to Luke Wilson. I love Luke Wilson. I mean, like, between, like, this, Emmett, and Legally Blonde. Yeah. I even love him in Idiocracy. Yes. He's just so likable. He's kind of, like, the female 
Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, like, you know how there's like it girls? Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the it boy. He's the it boy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just had to, to mention him. I feel like he doesn't get his flowers. No. Justice for Luke Wilson. Yes. Where is he now? I, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone know? Yeah. I mean, he's, I know he's around. I just. Yeah. He exists. He does. He's alive. Um. um. Anyway, oh, one of my favorite scenes is when they have to go to the Red Star, like, security area. And, like, basically, it's a super elaborate security system. And Drew Barrymore and Mm -hmm. Cameron Diaz, they have to dress as these, like, I don't know if they're engineers or they're just, like, these guys at this tech firm, I guess. Right? Yes. And then Lucy Liu is like the, she's supposed to be, uh, what do they call her? Like the efficiency expert or something. So she comes in there and then like they come in formation. Like it's just the funniest thing to me. Like that whole sequence. I love that sequence with a cameo from Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like pre Gilmore Girls. Right. I love that scene. I love that they're dressed up as, I love any time when Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore dress up like men in yeah. this movie, which is kind of a few. Yeah. As someone that's dabbled in drag king-ishness, what are your thoughts? I think they did a great job. They pulled it off, you know? I don't know. I think it's hilarious, too, because they're just like, it's really about Lucy Liu in that moment. She's calling all of the shots, and she's got her, like, baton or whatever she's like Ch-. i don't know i love that i love her power and she's like especially when she's having like a conference with everyone and then she like sla- i think she slapped drew barrymore with it on the yes. face it's like whoa like just really getting into character yeah but it seems fun i don't know like i i think it was probably fun for them too to just drag themselves up i love it my favorite scene in oh one of them. I have two favorite scenes. First favorite scene is when they are getting intel about Corwin, played by Tim Curry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, first they dress up as, like, geishas. Then they do the racetrack and, like, get a burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie's very expensive. They'll they'll take their time with, like, just a fun, like, we're going to dress up and make a sexual innu- innuendo scene. I love the the scene, though, where they go through the drive-thru and, like, um, Dylan is like, I'm going to get, like, three cheeseburgers and three orders of fries. What do you guys want? <laughs> I'm like, yes, me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, my favorite scene is when the angels infiltrate Corwin's party. And this is when we meet Luke Wilson. Yes. We also meet the Thin Man. Oh, yeah. Which, talk about my trifecta of hot men. Yeah. That I love, like, oddly hot. You love him? I love Crispin Glover's The Thin Man because he is a freak. He is. He's so wild and I love his acting choices so much. Like, I ride so hard for The Thin Man. He's looking like sexy Squidward, too, with that. He's like... A hundred percent. cheekbones and the lips. I love in this And the lack was, of eyebrows. Yes. But I love that this was like his acting choice, that he wasn't going to speak, but like he like grabbed, he has her hair and he'll just like touch his face with it. 
<laughs> or the one time when he like touches the face and like realizes who the hair belongs to and he just screams. Oh yeah. Like that shriek he makes is iconic. <laughs> like this movie's acting choices, that's iconic behavior. Yeah. The thin man. Yeah, I feel like the acting is top tier in this movie. Just the little choices they get to make. Like, thank you, McG. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to see, you know, Marty McFly's dad? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I'm like, where have I seen this guy? Oh, yeah. Marty McFly's dad. But, but yeah, we get, so we get Luke Wilson, the thin man, and then we get my favorite, the alley fight. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Can we talk about wire foo? Yes, please. Uh <laughs> So this is like a year after The Matrix. Mm-hmm. So this is before Wire Foo and like this whole style. Well, this is the same year as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So this is like when everything's, this is like Wire Foo's moment. Yeah. And I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon last night. How was that? You know what? I really think Amazon did me dirty. What do you mean? Okay, because I was like, I wanted to see this movie. How if I went to see this movie in 2000, 2001, if I went to the movie theater in America, how would I see this? And there was this quote by Ang Lee that said that he wanted it dubbed just because there's things I he thought that you could miss by just reading the subtitles. Like, he just was a big proponent of the dubbed. Okay. Um. I had to read subtitles and I understand because it does pull you out of the world a little bit. And I'm like a big fan of subtitles and like, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't have a problem with them. But I feel like for this specific movie, I really did wish it was dubbed. Mm. Um, But yeah, those wire foo scenes were so good. Yeah. But but in Charlie's Angels, they are as well. I was going to say, how does it compare to Charlie's Angels? Well, because the choreographer, is it... Shen Yen? Yen? He he did the Matrix, too. He did the choreography for the Matrix, which makes so much sense because when I was watching this movie, especially in the alleyway, I'm like, wait a minute. This feels like the Matrix. Like, the, everything they're doing right now and the music that they play during that scene is like... It's so good. I love it. I love when... um I think it's Dylan, right? <laughs> like runs up the side of the thin man yes. and does a flip backwards flip and then i mean they all have really cool moves or like when the girls like do that thing where they grab each other's arms and like throw lucy lou up in the yes. air yes i don't know it's That's just all everything I have to say. sorry everything the high jumps like when like is it care- i don't know who it's someone jumps over the fence just yes all mm-hmm. willy-nilly defying gravity i love any time they're defying gravity to be honest same even in Crouching Tiger, which I know is like blasphemous, like I wasn't like blown away. I think it's because it's seen- not real like martial arts, basically. But it or- is. I don't know. I think this is like such a cool art form. I think Wirefoo still slaps. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, it is a movie. It's a fantasy. Like oh, when they spin around, mm-hmm. when they like are in the air, and then they're like, yes, they're like sideways. Yeah, spinning, sideways, which spinning. is like impossible, but so cool, so good. Um. I love how I'm like Crouching Tiger, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> like, they're on the same <laughs> They're equals. <laughs> oh. uh-huh. But that's why we're here to talk about Charlie's Angels, I guess. Yeah. Really get into that niche. Right. Um, 
Anything else? I know. I'm trying to think about? what else because, like, this this movie is just a lot of fighting, a lot of girls being girls. Um, girls just want to have fun. Girls just want to. I know <laughs> that Bill Murray like <gasps> diss, but it was kind of kind of. Po- I know he said a lot of positive things, but with a negative inflection, like behind True. the scenes. But that's Bill Murray for you. We still love him. We do, I suppose. Right? I do you know. hear? Did you hear that? Like Bill Murray might be dating Khalees. What? Really? Yeah. That was That's really wild. <laughs> Are they having like a um lost in translation moment? Like the, you know what I mean? Like she's like I'm lost in life and he's like me too. <laughs> True. She's I hate at- these like I'm doing these commercials and getting paid. You know what I mean? Maybe they're re- like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she's like I know I'm like a chef now. I have my own farm, but everyone just wants me to sing milkshake. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, me too. I'm tired of acting. I don't know. Um, That'd be that's so interesting. So wild. Oh, speaking of favorite scenes, yeah, one of my favorites when Cameron Diaz is like she's doing the like at Soul Train. Oh yes, I forgot we haven't talked about that yet. her dance sequence it's my favorite she shakes her little white girl butt <laughs> to baby got back and i think at that moment we are all luke wilson uh-huh. we're just hyping her up it is so funny to watch because at first everyone's like what is she doing up there because she does the like strangest moves like the way she shakes and then she does this thing with her arms <laughs> and then she jumps down and starts doing like the robot and all these other oh the running man yes and Luke Wilson the whole time he's like, "Hey guys, isn't she great?" That he's like, "That's my girl." And like there's like no response. It's like silence, like crickets. But then everyone's like, "Oh, she's having so much fun, you know. Go ahead. Like it's just like, ha- let's all have let's all dance." I don't know. She's so infectious. I love Cameron Diaz. And Luke Wilson is all in. Like he's or is it Pete? Is it Pete? I think his name's Pete. Yes. That's where he falls in love. We see it happen. And we also fall in love with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. It's kind of like it is kind of like um in my best friend's wedding where she does that karaoke scene really badly, you know? And I it makes, just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Just fall in so. love with her even more. I think so. Oh, can we talk about fashion? Yeah. Fashion. Fashion. Um, so Joseph Alzizi? Alizi? Was the costume designer? Um, and I'm going to pull a quote. So, okay. His screen credits are Bowfinger and Stepmom. And then he had three weeks to complete Charlie's Angels. Oh, wow. So, but you know he what? He pulled it together. He truly did. And also, Julia Roberts and Stepmom, cute, cute hats. <laughs> so, period. Period. Um, but yeah, so I guess... He had three weeks to design 3,000 outfits for the entire Angels class. Wait, 3,000? 3,000 outfits. He had to do all of that? Mm -hmm. And including 50 outfits for um, each for Lou, Diaz, and Barrymore. That is insane. Yeah. Okay, so there's this LA Times article from November 2000 Mm. um, called Costuming Angels was a little slice of heaven for designer. Anyways, so... The costume designer said it was a designer's dream. We got to not only do high fashion and action clothes, but there were so many costumey fun elements too. We gave a definite nod to the 70s, 80s, and 1940s. 
but we wanted to make it accessible for the modern audience so that they felt like they were looking at a contemporary piece. Hmm. That's in the 40s? Yeah, I, I guess. Clock that. I guess. Bear, uh, not Barrymore. Uh, Diaz in the dream sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dress. The doing b- like the hustle. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I could see that. I did like her outfit there. It's like a beaded dress. I don't know what that style is. Yeah. But. I do love how, and I think this is a testament to Mick G, how like in the fantasy, everyone involved was like they were in the fantasy yeah it really does feel like the charlie's angels are in their own little bubble like their own kind of world just i don't know i love when they're on a boat (laughs) i don't know what it is i love that one scene where they're it's just the three girls with the their sunnies on and they're all like kind of like ombre shades that are yes have the, the rhinestones which are having a moment now. I noticed that. I'm like, oh man, I really wish I never got rid of my... I had a pair of shades just like that. But I mean, they weren't really like a color. They were just shades, but they had a rhinestone. Ooh, I had a blue pair with like a heart. I remember those. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. I think they're still ma- they're making them now though. So mm-hmm. we could always... I don't know if they really protect you from the sun, but they're cool. Yeah. It's called fashion. It's fashion. Called fashion. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess it was like a mix and match of things. So it was like costume department and then department store target. Looks. Oh. So that makes sense. But yeah. I really like Lucy Lou's red dress um, when they go to get intel on Corwin, like at that little event. Yeah. I like that one. I like all of them. Yeah. Wait, um, my favorite. I think the ones that come to mind. Well, never mind. Sorry. The leader Hosen. No. <laughs> the, yeah. It's an iconic scene. I feel like also 2000 was the year of the uh, like German like beer made get up with this and like miscongeniality. Yeah, there was something going on in like. Like culturally, I don't know, just Bush Gardens chic. Bush, yeah, I was gonna say Bush Gardens chic. Oh, you're like you need to dress up, and then all of a sudden, like a man with like a tuba starts playing. Mm-hmm. Also, I think just like their outfits on the racetrack, like those are so iconic. That's actually my favorite. I think my favorite outfits are like the evil Knievel 1970s like racer jumpsuits, mm-hmm. and then Lucy Liu's leather getup. Yes. Also, you know what underappreciated fashion moment in this film is when Eric Knox, played by Sam Rockwell, Rockwell does the like reveal that he's the villain mm-hmm. and he shoots Drew Barrymore off like the balcony yeah. out of the window mm-hmm. and she like falls. She fall like that's like one of my favorite scenes as well. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. But she falls and like she like doesn't have any clothes because they just like hooked up. Yeah. And there's like two like six year old or eight year old boys. Mm -hmm. And she like knocks on the window and is like, come on, help me out. And they give her this um like is it Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah, I think so. Like WWF like graphic tee uh-huh. and like baggy pants like she looks like a six-year-old boy in 2001 it's so funny but it's so cute with like her like red messy waves mm-hmm. 
that was low-key no chic. i loved that look i feel like that's how i dress i'm <laughs> like often i'm just like when i'm chilling i feel like we literally dress like that um why is that our fashion inspo <laughs> did that influence us maybe definitely um <laughs> But I also think it's interesting because I was thinking about it in that scene because they do kind of like the camera kind of goes around her as she's like figuring out everything out and he's like becoming the villain right before her eyes. This weird mix of like straight and wavy hair. It's I remember this being like a trend, Mm -hmm. but it's so I don't know how I feel about it. I don't I don't know if I like it. Oh, I mean, it's not bad. I think Drew Barrymore looks great and I love Drew Barrymore. So I think she can work it. But I'm like how would i don't know it kind of is like for me like crimping your hair which could be a mood but i'm like you know or like half i don't know i just feel like just commit i don't know i love the idea of effortlessness though i feel like we this has kind of been lost on us yeah it's like truly effortless like drew barrymore and cameron diaz and lucy Liu. but especially like drew and cameron are so effortless Mm mm-hmm I like love it. I love that like idea that like Drew Barrymore is a wild child or like Dylan and you know, like she's into the look, but maybe doesn't want to cut, you know? Yeah. Commit. Okay. When she like started it. curling her hair, she's like, yeah. she's like, whatever. Like this looks good. Like I think I look good. Yeah. No, I love her. I love seeing her as like kind of like a rebellious gal. I love it. It's like just the right amount. I also love her fight scene it is a little yes. bonkers though because she starts she's doing the wire foo because eric knox traps her right and like ties her and like does this thing where he like duct tapes her mouth but also kisses it it's also it's, hot yeah i'm into it i'm just into sam rockwell and the thin man judge me um but she does this thing where she's like lotus buddha palm oh yeah yeah, like yeah. all these sayings and then she like kicks everyone's butt i love she, that too and she's like and that's kicking your ass and then she moonwalks away <laughs> she moonwalks i love that too and i love how like before she kicks their butt she's like i'm gonna tell you how i'm gonna kick your butt and her hands are tied behind her back the whole time yes so i don't know it is a great scene I love too, just like the the artwork for this movie, like the the posters and stuff, like like you're saying, like the pink and orange, the flames, the girls wearing all black, leather, leather. I just like, yeah, I love the aesthetic of this movie. Mm-hmm. Not to be like that, but I just love the whole vibe. I, I just want to be an angel. I want to be an angel. Yeah, where do we apply? I know I don't have any like real skills, but I can learn. Truly, I could do like eight hours of of training that looked so fun though in the behind the scenes when they're like learning how to do all the like wire foo moves and like martial arts moves yeah i'm ready what would you like what would your expertise be my expertise yeah oh i don't know um i want to kick people <laughs> i want to develop a str- i feel like you're good at kicking people though i, am. You have I a love to kick, kick people Thank yeah you. um maybe i could throw something though I don't know, like a weapon. You know what I think is interesting? Like when I was researching, mm-hmm. um, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Drew Barrymore said she really didn't want to have guns on set, not just to prevent a situation like Baldwin style, but yeah, just I guess so that 
it would be like more physical action, which I think is great. Cause like, I think the matrix, I feel like they use a lot of guns. They do use a lot of fighting as well, mm-hmm. but I just like the idea of like seeing like women being like strong and like fighting like toe to toe. I also think it's a very like, like feminine energy to do like physical combat versus like gunplay. Yeah. Yeah, something about that is just a little more like feminine energy. Not like feminine, like girls. Mm-hmm. Make it pink. Not like that. But like, just like, you know how there's like masculine energy and feminine energy? Yeah. I think that in a weird woo-woo way, yeah, it just taps into like more feminine energy. Just that idea of fighting in general. It just you know like the fighting, physical. like physical fighting versus guns. Yeah. Guns is like a manly thing. <laughs> or like just like a... Just like a testosterone loaded. Yeah. Just wanting the upper, you know, like, and I think that the idea that they wanted to put their whole self, I don't know. I don't know if I can like articulate Okay. Yeah. No, I feel like you're onto something. I love the scene where like, there's like, um, there's like a bad guy in the bathroom trying, like when after Cameron Diaz does her like dance up on stage and she's feeling great. Yeah. This guy has like nunchucks and tries to like choke her and take her out and she is not having it. I like any time that they're fighting to yeah. be honest. I do remember that scene. It's just not like a standout scene for me, so I like I don't know if I can comment on it, but uh, maybe it stands out to me cuz like the bathroom. Like I think it was supposed to be like the bathroom in the shining, like mm. the similar like aesthetic, like a nod. Hmm. I know there was like a lot of nods to movies in this. I don't know all of them, though. So many references, so for many sure. References. So many 70s references and 2000s tech. So many Palm Pilots. So many, oh, yeah, the Palm Pilots. I love that. The Nokia cell phones. Yes. Which also now is like, it's such a modern thing then, but that is like such a period thing now. I know. Though I've recently seen a phone that's like a real phone, but also a fidget spinner. I saw that. That's so, fun. Yeah. But it's so it looks kind of like something from the 2000s. I have seen, like, if you go into, like, Sprint or T-Mobile, I have seen, like, flip phones and, like, phones like that. Mm -hmm. Just you can buy now? I'm so tempted, to be honest. But then I'm like, I don't know if I could give up my iPhone because it does so much. I feel like I need to be available. Like, I need to have my email available. I need to have, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. It's like, how do you go back once you have all, have it all? I am not. I'm an Apple girly. I can't go back. But, but yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes says this movie mixes tongue-in-cheek cheesecake with glossy action set pieces and slick and reasonably fun despite its lack of originality. Hmm. Which, fair, fair. A fair assessment. Yeah. Except I agree with Peter Travers from Rolling Stone who calls it a guilty pleasure. I think so. Yeah, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. Yeah. Actually, you like praise the wire work in this movie. I, f- I feel like it's really good. I don't know. I think it's really good as well. I like the wire foo. And like I said before, and I'll say it again, I saw Crouching Tiger last night. <laughs> I think that they are on par are on as par. far as their wire foo. But maybe I'm blind. I don't know. Yeah. Blinded by Charlie's Angels. Maybe. But... But yeah. Oh, did you know Thandie Newton was going to be cast as Alex? I heard that. Yeah. 
I mean, that would have been cool, too. I like the Andy Newton. I do, too. I think it's crazier. I could see her as Alex for sure. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson and Foxy Brown and Jada Pinkett Smith were also in the running. Hmm. I can see Jada. Yeah. She did appear in a Matrix movie, but. Mm. Yeah. That would have been crazy to think of Foxy Brown in Charlie's Angels. That would have been kind of cool, though. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If you were to cast, I know we have the 2019 movie. Yeah. But if you were to cast your like 2023 Charlie's Angels reboot, who would you cast? Um, hmm. That's a tough one. My mind goes to Nicki Minaj, though, <laughs> because I think she might be really into the fighting. I mean, just listen to Chun Li. <laughs> She's ready to go like kill Bill on people, you know? But I don't know. It's hard because I do like this cast and I feel like, hmm. Because in my mind, like if we were to recreate it, I'd, my mind wouldn't go to like Case 2. No. You know? No. Sorry, I'm going to have to think about this. Because um, <laughs> it's like you don't want to pick someone too old either or too, yeah, well, I don't know. I know it's really hard. I love how like when we do this, like I know I asked the question, but I'm always like thinking about someone from the Euphoria cast. But I feel like yeah, this is not this will not do. Yeah, I'm like I don't think Zendaya or Sydney Sweeney's not gonna be on this list. No. Oh my God, Timothy Chalamet as like the Sam Rockwell. Oh, <laughs> I feel like we're not gonna. But that's oh. who I would want. Yeah. He would play a good, like, cute boy that you could kind of fall in love with and trust and then be like, oh, no. Yes. Okay, I have some thoughts. Hear me out. Okay. As Cameron Diaz's role? Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. She's only 33. Yeah. We always forget because we put her in old roles and she was very young. Actually, yeah. I thought she was like 40 by now. No. No. She's still very young. She was born in, like, 1990. Wow. And also, Jennifer Lawrence is so bubbly. I feel like she's like has this effervescence and like energy that's very similar to Cameron Diaz. I would love to see more of that, too, because you're right. We've seen her in a lot of these roles where she plays like older mm -hmm. ladies. And I think that kind of damps her down. Maybe like we need to like it dulls her sparkle a little. I, yeah, because I can know now she's doing like a rom-com finally. But I would love this era of Jennifer Lawrence. Because she is still very young mm -hmm. to just come back and like actually have a youthful acting. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence Assange. Yes. I would love that. I Okay. For Alex, Zendaya. Yeah. Because she could kick butt and she is like prim and proper and like perfect. Yeah. She she really can't do anything wrong. I She's amazing. I love her. And I would love to see her train. Yeah, And actually be glam because I think in like the Spider-Man movies and like in Euphoria, we get to see her stripped back and like in Dune, so natural. Yeah. But I would love to see her like so like hyper feminine, just kicking butt. That would be really cool. Yeah. I don't, we haven't seen her in a role like that too. Like where she gets to, I mean, she, she kicks butt with her attitude, but like if she could. Like if we saw her doing wirefu or something, I want to see Zendaya that do wirefu. So cool, yeah. And then, okay, 
This one's a little younger. Okay. Sorry. So I don't know if it would work. But as the Dylan role, maybe it's the red hair, but Sadie Sink. Oh. Either Sadie Sink or Maya Hawk. Yes. Okay. Maya Hawk is so interesting. I think well, I think Maya Hawk could have this like I think what they were trying to do with Kristen Stewart in the reboot, mm-hmm. which is like the queer gal. Yeah. But also like the dry sense of humor. Yeah. It also would be really cool to see Maya Hawk kick ass like like her mom as the bride in Kill Bill. Oh. You know her mom's Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's why she looks just like Uma Thurman. Now I do. I kept thinking she looks really familiar, but... Oh, Maya Hawk. Oh. <laughs> she's in... Okay. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the girl with no eyebrows. I'm so sorry. Who? <laughs> I was totally picturing someone else. I'm like, what? I knew Maya... Okay, yeah. Because she's also in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. like Sadie Sink. I thought you were talking about... Um, hold on. I don't, this isn't her, I don't think, but she looks like this. Do you know what I'm talking about? You mean Mia Goth? Yeah. Oh, Mia Goth. I, Uh, that's, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I Thurman? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. I was like, so when (laughs) you were saying that, I was like thinking. No, Maya Hawk looks exactly like Uma Thurman. Maya Hawk, yes. I could see that. Or maybe Sadie Sink. I don't know. I don't know if that's too young with the Zendaya J-Law. I don't think so. Because, like, Zendaya plays, like, a teenage role in Spider-Man, right? Isn't she supposed Mm -hmm. to be, like, 18 or something around there? I don't know. Or high school. And Jennifer Lawrence still looks very young. Yeah, she does. It's just, like, I think we associate her with that, like, David or Russell era of movies. It's not fair. It really isn't. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Not telling her what to do. My, like, <laughs> my, uh, your unsolicited you know, advice? Yeah, unsolicited advice. Like a Drew Barrymore circa 2000 flower films comeback. Mm-hmm. I think because, like, at that point, Drew Barrymore also, like, I didn't realize filming this, she was only 25 because she lived such a crazy life beforehand. Mm. But I think she could have, like, like the flower films glow up if Jennifer Lawrence was like, yeah, I'm going to reboot Charlie's Angels and like make it fun. And I'm going to do like never been kissed or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, totally. Just I want to see fun Jennifer Lawrence because I know she's a fun gal. I, I did enjoy her when she was. fun. Yeah. I mean, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I could totally see that. And she's played roles similar. Like Katniss is kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like a physical role. I also, but I think it's a shame because even as Katniss, like not, not personality driven. Mm. And like Jayla has a fucking great personality. Yeah. She could have fun with it. Yeah. We've never seen her on screen like that. So maybe we got to watch, we got to watch this rom-com she's in then, Brie. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like your picks. I think that's a perfect cast. I don't know. I can't, I'm struggling to find anyone I don't know. I feel like I don't even know who else acts these days. Like, I mean, I think of Florence Pugh or like Saoirse Ronan, but that, I don't see them like doing that kind of choreography. Or just like, I don't know. I don't really. Saoirse Ronan could probably do it, but yeah. She's not like Charlie's Angels to me. It's not the, yeah. It's just not the vibe. Elle Fanning could totally do it. Elle Fanning. You think so? Yeah. 
Huh. Um, looking at these, Anya Taylor-Joy would be fun, but she's not like as funny. Oh, Lily Rose Depp would be kind of fun. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, you know, I don't think I've seen Lily Rose Depp act, but I know she has that TV show right now. Also, Millie Bobby Brown is not going to happen. Or Chloe Moritz. You mean for this scenario? No, just like in, in general. general. Just like Fetch isn't going to happen? Yeah, they're not going to happen. Also, do you know, like, Shailene Woodley is only, Shailene Woodley is only 31 years old? No, my mind she was older, but I know she was like the secret life of the American teenager. So she, that kind of ages you, I guess, when you have babies and you're like 15 or something. I know that's just, like, she, yeah, she I know that's her really. character. I know, but it's like the Jennifer Lawrence effect. In my mind, she's already like had kids and <laughs> a whole life. Emma Watson's only 33. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, she does look young. Brie Larson's only 33. She's had like 10,000 lives. I think that's a crazy thing. Yeah, I don't know. I really can't think. If anyone has any suggestions, <laughs> any ideas of their perfect Charlie's Angels cast in today's age, let us know. Because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say, think about Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Just think about it. Just think about it. Thank you. You know what I found interesting too? This movie it passes the Bechdel, Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the Bechdel test. Bechdel test. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's maybe part of why it works. What do you mean? I guess the whole feminist debate of it all. I don't. I just. I think like it's not. I don't think it's like an anti-feminist movie necessarily. I do think it's a little male gazy, but I think it, I feel like it's somewhere in between. It can be enjoyed though. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I agree. I just want to enjoy it and not feel guilty about it. Well, also, I don't. I, I say don't feel guilty about it because this is a fun movie. Who is playing? Like, this is a movie that is a very self-aware, like, tongue-in-cheek romp. And it's a take on the 70s TV show Yeah, that is very male gazy, And it's playing with that. Yeah. So it's having fun with its source material. Right. And making it really fun and it's hypersexual and it's directed like a music video. It has a charming cast with some kick-ass wire foo. Mm -hmm. It introduced us to Sam Rockwell. Yeah, this movie's done a lot. We got to see Crispin Glover play the thin man. (laughs) The thin man who screams. Yeah, he says literally nothing except that one scream. An iconic scream. The scream painting the thin man so i say don't feel guilty also like if something is feminist because the the charlie's angels 2019 yeah elizabeth banks remake Mm -hmm. not a good movie feminist kind of like tomb raider no (laughs) (laughs) or like i think tomb raider i think they wanted to be charlie's angels which is like that's kind of where you get into a gray area charlie's angels is pretty good you know what's interesting though they angelina jolie was offered a role in this movie as Alex. Yeah. But she turned it down. I mean, I'm glad we got Lucy Liu though. I love Lucy Liu. Um it's just interesting because I think she said she didn't want to do like this kind of like action kind of thing, but then she does Tomb Raider and so I don't know. How could you pass up Tomb Raider justice for Angie? Yeah. Like how how do you pass that up? True. But I'm like, who would pass up Charlie's Angels? I'd give anything to be an angel. Same. Well, I know what we're doing after this. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. Um, give us a rating, a review on iTunes. It would help us out. To 
cap off Pride Month, here's some words of wisdom from Kate Blanchett. You know, you have such a, a, a gaze, a signature. The crew is cracking up here. I have a whole lot of gaze. The signature Disney villain gaze. I want to know... See, how, how do you do that Disney villain gaze? Teach, teach oh, us. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Disney villain gaze. <laughs> As in <laughs> the, day, the gay Disney villains. Sorry, this is <laughs> an accent dysfunction. Oh, you mean the gaze, not the gaze. A Huda Media Production.